Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. I am your resident optimistic nihilist, your favorite African philosopher, and I'm here to remind you that the world is ending, so (laughs) get your titty sucked and waste no time. Flex, how are you doing today? Going well. I'm drinking some lime cordial. Why do you guys call it lime cordial? Sounds so sophisticated. The flavor is lime. I think cordial is just like... Um, let's, what's the definition of cordial? I mean, you guys call it Kool-Aid because that's the brand. Mm. That's the thing that Americans do a lot. They name objects. Oh yeah. The brand name and not what the object actually is. So like yeah. Kleenex. It's just tissues, babe. Yeah. <laughs> You'll call toothpaste Colgate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great for branding, right? Fully. But just not great for people understanding. I don't know. But I'm drinking the bougie one. Like, it's so not the one that's, like, opaque. It's, like, light in color. Look, we'll have a whole thing about it. People who know Schweppes Lime Cordial, the Australians will know. Maybe I love New it. New Zealanders. Um, I'm going well. I was going to say something, but... Oh. Mm. It occurred to me that at the start of each episode, we should, like, just tell people about what we're doing and how we're feeling. So they will, like, mm. understand who we are as people and make bigger distinction between you and me because obviously like i'm australian i'm flex um you're south african you're baby but i feel what i'm finding now is as the facebook group grows and people share memes about us they're like not they they don't hit like they used to like the memes yeah (laughs) that people used to make about us were so on point and they hurt they hit a spot so deep that i was like wow you really would check for me like you really would come for me now i "Mm, I don't really know they don't really hit like they used to so (laughs) Uh, we're just going to talk about ourselves a little bit at the start of each episode so you get a vibe currently that i have my i've turned a room in my apartment into like my walk-in wardrobe but it's a project that i started when i first moved in and just never really put as much care into it as the rest of my house but Mm. through doing um beauty influencing i just get set sent i just get sent sorry heaps of makeup Um, But the issue is a lot of these like PR packages aren't designed with you, the individual in mind. They're Mm. just designed to be sent out, which means that the majority of them are that get sent to me are for people who are white or have fair skin tones. And so these colors just never match. So I don't want to throw this shit out. So I tell myself, oh, I'll do a giveaway, do a giveaway, do a giveaway. Every day I'll get sent, like, I think like, oh, 
I would say for every week, I'll get certain like five packages. Yeah. So five packages of things that I can't wear and I'm just keeping it in my house. And what ends up happening is that I start building storage solutions around clutter that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. So I have these yeah. two huge drawers that have nine drawers in each, the 18 drawers, and every single one of them was full of makeup I couldn't wear. So yesterday I was like, okay, great. I'm going to organize it, put it into boxes so I can give it away, which is great. But now I put these drawers on Facebook Marketplace and Ugh, dealing with people who want to waste your time listen, and not buy is listen. absurd. You should see how detailed I've written the description of like two of these Ikea drawers, like this condition. I bought it from here. This is the retail price. These are the dimensions. You can pick it up. Cash only. You got to take it down a flight of steps. And people are still trying to do chit chats. In the, in the DMs. This is why I stopped Depop. It was just Woo. too much work. Yes. Depop especially. Depop is almost too close to home. Because generally people who have access to it, people who already know you through yeah. engaging with your platform. But on Facebook marketplaces, this is like lack of concern for like, do you want it or not? <laughs> why are you asking me? Do the drawers pull out smoothly or is it like, I don't know. I don't know how the drawers pull out. <laughs> Can you imagine? And then they don't buy after all of that. Oh my God. Oh gosh. BS. Listen. How are you? How's your week? What's getting to you? What are you loving? I know. I've had a good day because the sun came out today. We mm-hmm. haven't had any sun for like months or what feels like months. It's probably just been a couple of weeks. Um, yesterday it actually snowed. So that's how I know the world is ending. Because why is it snowing during spring? Um, I'm really starting to enjoy being on lockdown. It's funny. I feel more creative than I've ever felt. I feel like I have so much more peace of mind. I think I really just like... That capitalism has stopped. Like, I feel like it's given me more peace of mind. Like, it feels like the world is quieter and, like, my mind now feels quieter as an extension of that. So, I'm enjoying lockdown. Are you enjoying lockdown? Yeah, I'm loving it. Suits my lifestyle. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Um, Love it. But we want to talk about being on the internet and why people feel entitled to or just the culture that we've created Mm. on the internet um where privacy doesn't exist anymore and everyone feels entitled to everyone's life i think youtube culture like vlog culture it all started with snapchat too like snapchat and our instagram stories We've really become so accustomed and we've really normalized like letting people into our lives in ways that would have been absurd like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I find that like I'm very specific about the ways that I use my Instagram platform. So I'm very specific about the fact that I only post my thoughts and I don't post about my life. Because I also just believe that, like, some things you should just keep sacred. Like, not everything should be for everyone because some things are just important. And I realized that, like, whenever people ask me, because this is a question I get very often, like, oh, my God, what do you do for a living? Can you talk more about your family? Can you tell and us about your And this is why upbringing? we're having this conversation, by the way, everyone. Because yeah. Because of questions like this that Bobo gets. Yeah. So I get this question quite often of like, oh, my God, like, what do, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Like, 
what do you do for a living what was your upbringing like like where's your family you never show your family on instagram like you never talk and i'm like yes that's by design because like those are all things that either i just find boring and uninteresting and have not like i don't find capitalism interesting so i don't find it interesting to talk about what i do for a li- like And then, so there's that. And then the other part is that I feel like the less people know about you, the more constructive, the the less people know about me, the more constructively I can use my page because people can engage with my content without preconceived notions and belief systems that have anything to do with me. So, so I'm specific about not telling anyone my age, you know, because... Mm. It's like, for example, people will ask me my opinion. The other day, someone asked me, so when are you getting married? When are you having kids? And I was like, oh, no, lol. I'm definitely not having kids, like never doing that. And she was like, oh, no, you'll change your mind. I was like, no, like I've fully been like this since I hopped out the womb. Like I've never had any interest in bringing sentient life into this planet And she was like, wait, but how old are you? So I tell her my age and she's like, oh, you're still a small, small baby. Like you, you, you'll change your mind. You know, like I think the more people know about you, especially things that are just like irrelevant to your character and irrelevant to who you truly are, like all of these things that have to do with identity politics and all of these social constructs that people think are consequential are actually just distractions. So me telling you about my age, me telling you what I do for a living, me telling you about my relationship, me telling you about my family, is just a distraction from my thoughts. And the thing that I'm using my platform for is just to converse. Like that's, you know? Um, I get it. Yeah, and someone also messaged me Oh, because I was talking about a recipe and I was like, oh, yeah, you guys, the butter that I use, I think I was talking about vegan cheese. I was like, yeah, this is the best vegan cheese brand. Like, get on it. It's incredible. It's amazing. People started messaging me. So is this an ad? Are you an yeah. influencer? Are you not an influencer? I'm like, but why do y'all want to? Like, right. When have, first of all, when have you seen me advertise any? Like I literally, my face, my Instagram page is relatively new. It's not even a year old. I literally made this Instagram page for the purpose of not having sponsored posts on it. Not because I don't, not because I think sponsored posts are unethical or whatever the case is, because I just want an Instagram page for my thoughts, like just for conversation. <laughs> and that's that. And I think it's really interesting. I don't think people are bad. I don't think it's malicious either that people are nosy or that people are like interested or whatever the case is. I don't think it's malicious at all. I just think we've normalized a culture where everything belongs to everyone. And I just don't subscribe to that because for some reason, everyone thought that I was an influencer, even though I I've retired from that life mm. for reasons I'll discuss in another, on another day. Cause that's a long ass discussion. But I think People make assumptions based off of really arbitrary things, which is, again, why I don't talk about, like, my life. For example, people will see, oh, she has X amount of followers. She must be an influencer. 
no, I have X amount of followers because I don't, I actually don't know why you niggas even, like, I don't know. But people or someone else, I asked on my Instagram page, I was like, hey guys, how is everyone doing? People of color, how are you surviving Corona? Like, how is everything going? And then someone messaged me to be like, are you going to give us money? I know you're not affected by this because you're rich. I was like, are you mad? First of all, I'm a peasant. Not that it's anyone's business. But I was like, so this person just saw my profile, saw that I have followers and just assumed that because I have X amount of followers, I use this page to sell products for brands. And because I do that, I am therefore rich. I just don't know where people get all of these assumptions from. Like, first of all, most of your fave influencers are broke, like very broke. Second of all, having followers doesn't generate sales. Like you can't pay rent with likes. Third of all, just because someone has a platform doesn't mean they're selling you shit. Like not everyday capitalism, guys, like not every day. And fourth of all, like just because someone has followers doesn't mean they have inherent value in the marketplace. Like there's just so many, there's so many assumptions that people make. Um, that have nothing to do with anything. And then on top of that, what I'm more interested in is like, why have we created a culture where nothing belongs to anyone because everyone is entitled to your life and your your everything because you're now on a platform? And who benefits from that? You know what I mean? Like, even the simple fact that we've created this culture where artists basically sell all of their art and their content for free and the only people who benefit are mark zuckerberg and his Mm. and his homies why have we normal like why i just have so many i yeah so many really good points the first i don't want to touch on this one but i wanted to just like call it out really quickly Mm. i feel like social media is probably the only like platform seeing whatever meeting place where you're allowed to extract value for free and it's expected yeah yeah everywhere else in your life if you want something there is a payment there's or a, a transaction payment. that's yeah. required so if you want to be entertained and you want to watch a movie online you pay for that with your data right your electricity like your time all these things you're so used to exchanging currency for but suddenly on the internet it's the expectation that you anyway whatever let's no, not race about it now mm. i want to start from the very very beginning things so we don't because mm. knowing us we love tangents and we'll never get back to that spot i know so i i thought it was really interesting um because people often dm me to ask me information about bobo to kind That's of so confirm, interesting <laughs> yeah to kind of confirm or deny their suspicions about who she is how she was raised her income what she does in her spare time And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I know about Boba what you know about Boba. I don't ask any more questions. I truly believe I used to be a nosy bitch. I'm still nosy, but just depends on like our level of um, relation, right? Yeah. But I'm of the belief that if somebody wants to tell me something, they will. And it will come up in the same way where if I want to talk about something or I feel as I want to disclose something because I want to connect or share, Mm. I'll I'll let somebody know, right? So in my head, if Boba hasn't told me how old she is, I think she has, but I've forgotten. That's the thing with having bad, the thing with having bad memory gets you. <laughs> or where she lives or how she was raised, then it must be irrelevant or not my business, number one. But so 
when I get these DMs, I just ignore them or explain that I don't have the information that you think I have. Ask her if you want her to tell you. And they'll respond with, we asked her, but she didn't respond, which just (laughs) explains to you and me that she doesn't want to tell you or she doesn't want you to know. But when I saw that Bobo posted on her story and had to kind of rationalize or explain to us all why she doesn't share, it kind of, I agreed, but it contrasted the reasons why I do share. So Mm. the reason why I asked us to share something about ourselves in the beginning of the podcast, because I find that when given the opportunity to share something about yourself, the information is far more valuable than when you're forced based on somebody else's question or request. So what you said to me just naturally off the bat, my lifestyle during Corona, I'm going through this, whatever, far more valuable than somebody being like, so what do you make a year? It really provides no context to you as a person. Right. And similarly, in the way that Bobo was explaining that when she would tell people, or if she were to tell you details about her life, it would would have the adverse effect. I'm so sick of my narrative being skewed in a way that I don't like, that I tell people things so they have the right information to then Mm. make, you know, a more objective or, or like, yeah, to make like a more not objective, but a more like holistic representation of myself. So like, I understand both schools of thoughts, but as I spend more time on the internet, I veer more toward, more towards the way Bobo navigates existing online, because I almost forgot for a second there that how people view the world is purely based on their presumptions and their perceptions and that they're not going to push past what they believe to be real and true in favor of my own experience Mm. so similar to the similar to what boba just mentioned about somebody presuming that she was rich because she had followers on the internet now i don't talk about money with my audience because i just know the majority of my audience isn't interested in building wealth in the same way that i am outside of being an influencer Mm. so like when somebody is like oh you know somebody asked me how i was going how I was going during Corona in terms of money. I'm like, Oh, or like I would say 80% of my jobs are canceled. So yeah, like gone. <laughs> yeah. What do you like? What else is there to say? Oh, how are you going? I'm like, well, I have income streams to like safeguard me for times like this. Mm. What's an income stream. I'm not having this conversation. Like I'm not doing it. Yeah. Because like <laughs> you were coming to me and she was explaining like, you know, I uh, similarly, like, you know, she works in a bar and so her job is gone. And like, she was just hoping that like, because I'm in a position of like influence and affluence, like if I was considering like doing like a little cash app thing and I'm not sure if if you're not on Twitter, I'm not sure if you know what like cash apping is, but basically it's like when people with a profile with money agree to give random people money sent to their cash app, which is like their PayPal or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, sis, I don't know who you're talking to. Like the same way your job got canceled because I was outside, my jobs got canceled because they were outside. Like, right. It's the same thing. Yeah. But similarly, on the topic of the expectation that Bobo would share things about herself and that I would share them for her if she wasn't willing to like disclose, I thought it was really interesting because you're right in saying that we built a culture about it. But I also think that we've conflated this want to like provide context versus free disclosure of everything. Mm. So if I tell you, like if I provide context and say, 
this is how I personally put on my makeup because I know there are like I have audiences who have my skin tone and also would benefit from that information. Right. That doesn't now mean that I have to show you how I organize my clothes or organize my pantry or (laughs) how I do my grocery shop. And like you said, from YouTube culture and from this like (laughs) this disclosing to the point of like full transparency, we've kind of forgotten that we also have like choice in how we want to disclose these things. Yeah. And which I don't think people think about because I think people prioritize clout. Yeah, absolutely. And we spoke about it in the episode called things we learned too late in life. When I was saying that I had to understand that there's a difference between being vulnerable to provide context for your personal experience and how you see Mm. the world versus oversharing. Yeah. There is just no power or vulnerability in oversharing. It's just talking because you know people are going to hear, yeah. right? Like like saying that you have your period, that's nothing. That's not even vulnerability. That's just facts. Like, like you need to stop putting your people on pedestals because they disclose factual information. Literally. I have my period. I have depression. My jobs are canceled. Like I went, like these are all facts. Literally. It's not that deep. Vulnerability denotes there's an element of um i wouldn't even say danger but there are stakes involved with this information that you share and so you cradle this information with a certain level of care so if somebody says to you i'm going to be vulnerable about my experience with depression what i take why i take it what triggers me that there's a stake there a stake associated with sharing that information the stakes aren't high for doing a closet tour. But right. the reason why I'm veering towards not sharing is that it's hard to explain it's hard to explain the difference to an audience that's so used to consuming all this information because for people yeah. are putting it out for free. Yeah. The amount of people who are like, do a apartment tour, flex, do a closet tour, do this. I don't trust the internet like that. Yeah. Because I showed you one room and suddenly it's like Oh, how much do you make? You probably own that apartment because you're putting frames on the wall. Bitch, it's a rental and you can put frames on the wall in your (laughs) rental too, you know? Wow. How do you afford to have an iMac that big? It's a hand-me-down and the screen is cracked. (laughs) Like Like the assumptions that people make, (laughs) hey? So anyway, so then I thought, so while I was thinking um, about doing this episode, I also thought about, like naturally why are we so used to why are we so used to being able to consume so many like minute details about people Mm. like we didn't learn this from nowhere and i thought okay celebrity culture we're so used to like getting the scoop on celebrities even if you're not somebody who is fascinated with celebrity culture you will hear through the grapevine kylie jenner is she pregnant is she not like you it'll just It'll just happen. Yeah. It'll penetrate your ecosphere and you'll hear it before you want to. And then I thought when something happens to a celebrity or where their privacy is violated, like, you know, their address is leaked or their nudes are leaked or their relationship is leaked, it's countered with the response of, well, they're a celebrity and they, and this is what, this is what happens when Listen. you're a celebrity. And that Listen. they should have known that if they were going to share this information, this is what would happen. Mm. So with that in mind, I'm also thinking, okay, if I was ever to disclose something more than I wanted to, and I couldn't be 
in charge of how that information was going to be interpreted or disseminated. And people would turn it back on me and say, well, because you're an influencer, you should have known it to be happy. You should have known it would happen. Then now I'm not going to share anything. Yeah. Because (laughs) you're not having my back when it comes to the disclosure and you won't have my back if it backfires. No, thank you. Listen, it's like the kid, like that time Kim got robbed in Paris mm-hmm. and people's responses were like, well, then you shouldn't be putting your life out. And then after that, she was like, you guys, I'm just going to start being more private about my life and my money. And like, I'm totally a new person now. And she's not. She's literally gone back to being exactly the way she was. Mm. But it's like clearly this culture that we there's actually a rapper i think it was about a month ago i forgot his name but there's a rapper who posted his new sneakers um on instagram and he forgot he he didn't realize that his home address was showing in the frame so people rolled up on him and shot him and now he's dead and it's yeah it's like something as small as that like we don't take the time to think of these little things (laughs) And they they matter. Like, it's not natural or normal to give our entire lives away for other people's consumption for free. Like, for not even for, well, yeah, it is for free, but for Mark Zuckerberg's benefit and just in the hopes that you'll get more followers. Mm. Like, why have we placed the the value of followers has far exceeded the value of anything else? Like, People's digital pixelated online selves now have more value than their IRL physical flesh suit selves. And like, that's not natural or normal. And I find it really strange that we've normalized that and also just very dangerous. Yeah. And I see the symbiosis because there's no influencer without an audience and there's no audience I mean, wait, there's always going to be an audience, but in terms of, let's say, the social media bubble, an influencer is going to share to, you know, grow an audience and the audience will grow the more she, he, they share. So, Mm. like, there's a a level of symbiosis where one has to exist without for the other to thrive. But it's not necessarily true because there are a ton of people who exist online and don't have to commodify their personality or their lifestyle and it's not expected and they thrive just as well. Right. And it's interesting because, you know, usually I think it's fair to... I I personally, for my audience, I think it's fair that they ask me so much because they've perceived a sense of openness with my platform. Right. And like on a day to day, I'm not just sharing for the sake of sharing. Like I'm out here being like, this is what I'm watching on YouTube. This Mm. is something that I made. This is how I'm feeling. But at no point am I really like, and this is my boyfriend and this is my family. Yeah. And, this is, and if I do, it's on a rare occasion. Yeah. So naturally people are like, oh shit, she hasn't told us about her boyfriend. Is she hiding? I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
Do we ask? Let's ask. Yeah. She should tell us. You tell us everything. I'm like, mm, no, I don't. I share things that I feel... I share things that I feel like they're... I share things when I feel like there's no consequence for sharing. It's inconsequential yeah. for me to show you what I'm watching on YouTube, what I'm watching on yeah. Netflix, me putting frames on the wall or whatever. I but feel that entirely. I'm yeah. well aware of the consequence of sharing my whole entire apartment. Mm. Number one, for safety reasons. Number two... I understand that people attribute certain houses, certain things, certain whatever to like amounts of wealth, to social class, to privilege. Not interested. Yeah. Also, I will tell people point blank every day. The frames are from here. The floor is like this when I moved in. The candles are from here. And as my audience grows, the questions will keep coming because the audience is new. I'm not trying to do it for my whole fucking house. It's yeah, not worth it. Honestly. Right? <laughs> but um, I was also having this thought of like, when it comes to this like age of like authenticity, relatability, sharing for the sake, um, how do people kind of benchmark how authentic they think their peers are without like social media to govern that? So like mm, what I mean by that is that like, People presume an, a, an influencer is authentic when they know more about them, right? Like, I know what your house yeah. is. I know what your yeah. boyfriend looks like. Therefore, you are authentic. You are relatable. You are genuine. Which but, is so ironic because that's usually the opposite. <laughs> exactly. Because I keep trying to explain to people that, like, everything on the internet is contrived. Yeah. You know, like, like nothing. if you're going to pick up a, a camera or a phone and take a photo, like, you've before you even press take you found your lighting you've stood in the right Literally. place you've angled your face none of that just happens out of the abyss if there were 24 hour cameras in my apartment then i'm sure i'd be considered as genuine as possible and even then i'd be aware of the cameras but for like I'm, i want to say regular people and when i say that i mean people who don't commodify themselves online in any capacity mm. um how do you benchmark how authentic they are because i know the expectations that you don't know everything about the people that you right. engage with so when I worked in an office, I didn't ask people, or not that I didn't ask, but it wasn't expected that I knew everything about my colleagues at home life. I didn't really know about right. their friends, where they went on the weekend, until we were like months down the track and it was appropriate to share that kind of information. Mm. So like regular people, when, like, do you keep the same energy with the people around you? And if not... Like, That's are you, really interesting. Are you aware of like the dissonance between the expectations you hold people on the internet to and those who don't? And That's it's not even shame. I was, I was trying to, I was wondering because to me, I think it's so bizarre that people ask me to disclose information about Bobo if they've asked her and she's denied. That's so, that's like actually genuinely fascinating to me. I also wonder like, why is it so, I don't know. I think for me also, there's not a single person on the internet that I find so interesting that I want to know about their, their lives. Like I actually don't care. Mm -hmm. So on some level, I also just assume people won't. So I, I literally cannot understand why anyone would care. Like, I think I'm pretty good at minding my own business. Yeah. Just because I... Yeah, like... I don't follow that many humans. Like, the vast majority of my social media timeline is puppies. And the humans that I do follow, I can count on one hand, and they're the only people I find compelling. 
but even then like I've it's never even crossed my mind to wonder about someone else's life maybe I'm just like self-absorbed I don't know like I just can't I can't wrap my head around why anyone would find a random bitch's a random bitch on the internet like why they would want to know something about their lives like what about that is interesting like I don't understand I believe it's just like an element of natural curiosity. Um, And Mm. the way I see it, like we associate our social media consumption with entertainment a lot of the time. And I I find that it's really hard to humanize people through the lens of social media if they're not doing it themselves. So if somebody isn't showing me their layers and all of that, then I don't really humanize them naturally. I'm just yeah. like, it's just like a person on the internet, a character in this internet, like ecosphere or whatever. And the only reason why I'm now cognizant of, or more aware of like their own boundaries and their persona offline is because I'm aware that people don't really see mine. Mm. And yeah, it goes back to the whole idea of the narrative because I know that like people online who don't commodify themselves, so people who have Instagram just for like their friends and family, whatever, there is still an element of, um, like, what's the plural of, like, they're still as contrived as people who commodify themselves, right? Right, Because, like, right, you're right. only really posting the highlights. You know what I mean? Like, you're only yeah. really posting the birthdays and the dates and, like, the cheese platter that you, like, put together so delicately. Mm. Like, that's what you're doing. And so it's you're not seen as, like, less trustworthy or more or like more trusting it just is it's how you behave online but then with people on the internet how we've sort of like conflated sharing to trustworthiness Mm. and also the expectation that to build trust you need to share like that matches with how i do shit but like does that work in look it confuses me i don't know i think it's very confusing i just wonder how sustainable it is and if people look what would happen if if like (laughs) if people on the internet just went back to like doing their niche and not sharing their lives yeah like (laughs) bolster their niche so if the gamers you watch just play games and if the makeup people you watch just did makeup and there was no expectation for you to like know about them their upbringing what they make who they date where they go what they eat it was just i think we'd all be a lot healthier it would just like make mentally, a lot more sense, right? Yeah, I think it would because well, also what I see is that, like, while I've retired from that space, what I clocked is that like the people who, how do I frame this? The people who like spend the most time portraying a certain lifestyle are the ones who are farthest away from that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also part of why I'm not interested in knowing about anyone's life because I've already seen through the illusion, like I've seen the smoke and mirrors, so it's not interesting to me anymore. Um, but I think if those people who felt the pressure to display and perform a certain lifestyle for likes didn't have that pressure, then they would have more peace of mind, more mental clarity, and also just more money. Like... The time that you spend buying Gucci bags only to return them could actually just be spent making money. Like, I just think we'd all be so much healthier. 
like I know this one girl who um is like really really depressed and I think the thing that is making her more depressed is the pressure to be happy online mm. and she's like I mean I've only spoken to her once but like she's like on the verge of suicide and yet she was like like the dissonance between her online life versus her real life just causes her more suffering and i just think the reason that people suffer like this is because we've created this culture of expectations of norms and of absolute public access to absolutely everything and everyone and i just like as soon as you have a boyfriend now you must post them like as mm. soon as you get married now you have to post your wedding like, why like, don't you bring your boyfriend on my podcast and interview him can you imagine huh In can what you imagine other industry literally hey, abby i know you got a new boyfriend like bring him to the bar where you pour drinks every friday and saturday literally so you can meet him. it's not happening but oh my that- god this one time i actually posted my boyfriend on my story Mm-mm. tell me that why you were drunk i remember that day yeah <laughs> tell me why the next day this girl was like i saw a girl on your boyfriend's story like is he cheating or i was like relax oh. like relax and it was like these are the things these are the thing these are the things that are just like unnecessary and and she was like, like, what is you like? Why is he so comfortable like posting a girl on his story? Like, what is your dynamic? I'm like, why is that your business? Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I the pressure to be positive. I see it like online, Ooh, online. Let's I get feel, into it. I speak. I speak about a lot. I was raised with being appropriate in mind. So mm. my mom would often say, don't do that because what would people think? Or don't wear that because what would people think? Or she was always trying to like, almost like bridge, or like almost like make arbitrary rules around what we should do purely based on what people would think, not because right. there was like actual value. So, yeah, you know, don't Very wear black African. lipstick because what would people think? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. What would they think? What are you saying? <laughs> anyway, um, but it's more so around like in this time, like Corona time where there's a lot of rhetoric around. I noticed at first when I was like on my daily binge of YouTube and every person I was watching was like, Hey everyone, like, you know, obviously like this vlog was filmed before Corona and like a lot of you saying like you come to my page for like a, a sense of positivity and I just want to take your mind of what's happening. So if I can be like a positive place for you, like that's just what I want to do. And I was like, okay, like, the first two videos, I was like, okay, fair. Like, you're a comedy channel. Like, that's what you do. The yes. rest, I was like, <laughs> relax. Okay. Like, yeah. you're simply putting, you're simply, like, doing a story time. You're putting on makeup. You're doing a cooking video. There, there need not be an element of extra positivity aside from, like, realistically, the joy you get from cooking or doing your makeup. Yeah. You don't need to, like, go yeah. above and beyond and, and do a sermon. But then, so, like, that was step one. Then, like, or, like, instance number one. Then instance number two was a lot online, like, on my Instagram feed, where it was just referenced, like, let's be happy, and, like, I know it's really hard for everyone, but let's just be happy and whatever. And I was like, okay, like, it's not really a happy time. Like, I'm sure you can be happy. Honestly. 
if you're like well off enough or not not even well off, but if you're in a state where your well-being isn't affected by what's happening right. outside of your house but that's not the case for a lot of people and then phase three was i've been in the process of writing a book with my publisher for like this will be the second year now mm. and the edits are really hard because when i speak i'm either like quite pragmatic and quite like yeah, just black and white with how I want to use my words. Yeah. If I write flavorfully, like, you know, like with like, if I embellish my words or use silly words, it's because what I'm speaking about isn't serious. But as we know from like this podcast, if I'm trying to get a point across, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be like jovial. I'm not trying to be inviting. I'm just trying to speak my shit. Yeah. So it might sound like I'm mad, but I'm just trying to get my point across, right? And so... When I'm writing this book, the first edit, I had to write the whole book as I would write it. And that's just like black and white. This is that. That is this. Then for the second edit, the feedback I got was like, you know, add your flavor. Add the way you usually write like your Instagram stories and stuff, which is difficult because you write silly if the if the information isn't important, right? I was like, right. whatever. I took the feedback on board. The third time I've had to write this book all over again, the feedback was inject some more positivity. Ah. And in my head, I'm like, but what for? Li- Why that does is everything literally- need to be extremely positive for it to be oh consumed my God. properly? Why can't we just read between the lines and say, like, I'm not sad. I'm not angry. I'm just getting information across. Why do I need to sugarcoat it with, like, a nice, like, feel-good story for it Listen, to be perceived as easy to consume? <laughs> I've had this... I've had that response too. Like in the last episode, I was talking about someone DM me and was like, but why is it everyday nihilism? Why is it everyday philosophy? Can we get some lighthearted? And I'm like, I'm a nihilistic philosophical bitch. So you're going to get nihilistic philosophical content. Like I'm not performing positivity for it. Like why? Also, like, why would you ask that from me when you can get that on every other page on Instagram where people are performing positivity. Like, why do we... Yeah, it's absurd. And we... I mean, ages ago, we spoke about toxic positivity, but I'm not sure if we had as many many listeners as we do now. But basically, what this feels like, in a lot of the sense, is toxic positivity, where somebody is encouraging you to dismiss how you're actually feeling yeah. in favor of just being positive. For them too. Re- it's yeah, such a like solipsist viewpoint. Like <laughs> Because like the way I view it and like obviously from the lens, we have to be mindful of like intent versus impact. And like if my mm. intention is to be cut through and the impact is that I am putting people off, then that really isn't my problem. It's the problem of people consuming. But It's a book, so it's a different example. But in the context of, let's say, like a YouTuber telling you, like, I'm just here to be positive. I'm just here to, like, forget about what's happening on the outside. How long is that constructive for? It's it's not. And so toxic positivity is this culture of portraying yourself or a situation as being happy no matter what. Mm. So you're basically switched off or you kind of, like, devalue the idea of feeling any other emotions aside from happiness. Um, because it's other emotions are often viewed as negative. Um, and it's the, encar- it's the idea of always encouraging people to see the bright side. Yeah. Yeah. And often there really isn't. And, and my thing and is that's that- also, yeah, that's <laughs> also just something we have to accept. Like sometimes there just isn't a bright side and like, that's okay. 
that that's the duality of existence light and dark interesting that being pragmatic or matter of fact is now seen to be in contrast to being positive you know like the opposite of positive is negative not not pragmatic or realistic yeah yeah so if i say if you say to me oh how was dinner i heard you made yourself some dinner and i was like oh it wasn't bad and if you're telling me oh but come on like you just like look on the bright side you learned a new skill you took some time out i I can still feel what i feel yeah and not feel bad about it it just isn't overwhelmingly positive (laughs) and that's okay i also think the paradox of the expectation of positivity is that the pressure to conform to positivity all the time will make you negative. Like, it will make you depressed. I feel Like, that. emotions literally sit in your body. Like, they have to be processed and let out. It does no one any good for you to pretend. Which is something that's hard for me because I'm... A recovering people pleaser <laughs> but like my life is so much easier now that i i'm not performing happiness for people for real like and it's so much easier to just be happy when you don't have to perform it it's incredible. very true and i guess when you're not performing happiness or positivity you realize that um like being in a state of contentment is really quite bland sometimes. Mm. It doesn't sort of like yeah. pull you in either emotional direction. Yeah. I find that there's a lot of, when I speak about positive, or when I imagine what positivity looks like in an alternate universe or this one, there's a certain amount of confidence that's associated with, with positivity. Like if you're going to tell somebody to look on the bright side, it means you're often sure that there is a bright side and the bright side exists yeah. and you've been there. And often, yeah. like, we're in a very uncertain state of being right now. Not just about corona, but just life. Life is very uncertain. And so often I find the appropriate response is to just be quite indifferent or yeah. to be realistic yeah. because we don't know if it gets better than this. We don't know if, like, if if this is, like, as good as it gets. So to be like, oh, things are fine. Things are okay. Things are good. I feel as though that's a real that's a fine response to a lot of things and (laughs) i don't know i also don't like how yeah how being content or fine is interpreted as being negative Mm. because now there's this pressure to over enthuse what you're feeling just in case it gets interpreted as feeling more negative than it is it's so bizarre i don't know what because why can't it's it's the thing society just puts certain emotional states on a pedestal and that's something that i've stopped doing like just because society wants me to put happiness on a pedestal doesn't mean that i am like i personally don't find happiness that compelling like i don't think it's even a worthwhile pursuit I value curiosity more than happiness. I value comedy more than happiness. I think relief from pain is a more satisfying state of being than joy. Like, like this is what I have decided is valuable to me. And why do I have to conform or edit my relationship to emotions just for other people's comfortability? Why? And I and also find that like this is racialized. Well, yeah. To almost like, not necessarily to look at the way somebody else is forcing you to 
um, to be or feel positive, but how you do it to yourself. Mm. I know I do. I do. I feel like I do it to myself as much as somebody else does it to me in moments where I'm really stressed or really sad or feeling anxious. And my default is to kind of beat it out of me in favor of contentment or positivity. But it could be worse. And it always could be. But there are moments where I'm like, it would benefit me just to be sad, just for two hours. Yeah. I also, (laughs) I genuinely, I don't know. I genuinely don't. This is going to sound strange, but I don't mind suffering as much as everyone thinks, believes I should mind it. Like, like today I had a generally good day, but I also acknowledge that like my best thoughts come from the darkest emotional states. Like I have my most interesting, compelling days when I'm in a really dark place But also, like, some days are just light and fluffy and, like, whatever. And that's what, like, both emotional states are equally valid. And I'm just in a space in my life where I can appreciate and enjoy my suffering just as much as I appreciate and enjoy being in a good mood, being content. Like, every emotional state is valid to me. And I just think, like, life is just better when you don't put emotions on pedestals look i'm not there yet but i can appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's just one i'm finding it so hard to articulate why it rubs me the wrong way um this i think it's because everyone to be positive like it's because also okay i we Mm. i said a couple maybe like months ago now how i thought i was a resilient person because my resilience wasn't being tested or challenged. Mm. So generally I operate in, in states of mind in, in spaces where things go my way either because I've willed it to be, I've worked really hard. I'm the, I'm the boss or whatever. Yeah. Or I'm lucky. I'm blessed and highly favored. That's what my mom told me. She said, I'm blessed and highly favored. She's been telling me since birth. I believe it, you know? So generally in there aren't a lot of times in my life where I'm like going through it where things aren't going my way and I feel like I've got no options. It's very rare, but on the occasion where that happens, I'm crippled. Hmm. Not physically, but yeah. (laughs) And why do you think that is? Well, it's just not building a skill. Okay. And similar to this whole positivity agenda, There's always an agenda with us. But similarly, (laughs) if we spend so much time running towards being positive, feeling positive, trying to conjure up those feelings when they're they're not there, Mm. if there's ever a time where there's no positivity or silver lining to be found, how crippled are we going to feel because we haven't trained ourselves to sit within a state of contentment? Literally. That's so true. Like, I think it's also like, I think people think that being alive should be a perpetual state of bliss or like, I I have a friend, I had a friend who thought that love was just a perpetual state of excitement. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would anything be perpetually good, blissful, happy, 
And I just think like we set ourselves we set ourselves up for so much suffering when we expect anything to be permanent. Like nothing is permanent, so why would happiness ever be permanent? Like why would contentment ever be permanent? And I think the only peace of mind like anyone can ever have is just like not being attached to happiness or to suffering. Like both are equally transient and it'll pass. Like it's actually fine. And we know about the happiness set point. We talked about this Facts. a few ago where every individual has their own um, set point of happiness where even if you have moments of exceeding that set point because you're having an amazing time full of elation or you drop beneath that point because something bad has happened to you or, you know, you're feeling sad, you will always return to your your basic set point, which is your neutral. And Mm. some people are predisposed to having a lower set point, which means that you might have depression or anxiety or be riddled with, you know, negative or like negative self-think. And other people have intrusive thoughts or other people have a naturally high set point, which means they're naturally predisposed to feeling happy or returning to a happy point very quickly. Mm. so you can only do so much on your end don't stress out (laughs) (laughs) literally imagine stressing out about not being positive like the irony love it well i think we're done with that episode because i'm looking at our other topics and i want to chat more about those and i feel like if we start a new topic now we're going to go into an hour and a half and it's going to be a problem yeah yeah let's wrap it up thank you guys for listening this has been a fun episode. Um, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and let us know your thoughts on toxic positivity, on toxic Instagram, social media culture, and also just the culture that we've ser- also just the culture that we've created around privacy and access to all of to everyone's public lives. Follow us, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.